Welcome to the Dimension of Our Midnight Cake. I'm Soltis, and joining me in the nexus between realities are my fellow trans-dimensional beings, Doug, Lumberdor, and Beaches. This time, we're going to be discussing one of our favorite movies, Willow. One of George Lucas's less-known but still-beloved creations. If I remember correctly, it did not do very well at the box office when it when it was released. And it kind of had a rough start just from the trailer. In the decades since its release, it has found a home as a cult classic. And it was one of my favorite movies when I was younger. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. What do you? Oh yeah, I I can remember um, like, I had like some die cast figures or something from it. So like when Mad Mardigan dons the armor with like the, the nose piece and everything later on, like I had that, you know? It was making me remember things. Like I remember specific images. <laughs> I'm sure I saw movies in the theater earlier, but it's yep. one of my earlier theatrical uh, um, conscious, you know, memories. Nice. I just remember spreading out on the floor with like a blanket and some pizza with my family and like watching this movie. <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember like how General Kale gets killed. Like they're, Man, Mardigan is the snowball. Like certain weird things, I remember for some reason. Yeah. All I could remember that was the, uh, and I couldn't remember the character at the time, but I kept remembering that the, uh, the one person kept getting changed into different animals. Yes, that, yes. Uh, <laughs> that and just everybody kept leaving Willow. I didn't. It didn't gather me at the time that you know, oh, he was going on this hero's quest that he needed to do on his own. It's like, well, see you later, Willow. Good luck. I'm going back. Nothing home. really shocked Sorry. me. Like. Oh, I forgot about this. But um, I remember seeing that first troll crawl across the screen. Yeah. And yeah. thinking, oh, my gosh, that gave me nightmares. Nightmare fuel. So my mm. mom, this is sort of a throwback to, like, VHS days. She would watch movies and, like, record them and edit scenes out of them. <laughs> she didn't want us to stream parenting. So I feel like this is the first time I actually saw all of Willow. Other than the mother's cut. I have a similar experience, except it's just television. You know, seeing seeing The Wizard yes. of Oz so many times on television and then finally oh, yeah. seeing an uncut version in the theater and thinking, where did that scene come from? Willow <laughs> also had an excellent NES game. I don't know if you guys played the NES. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah the game. I did not. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if that was Capcom. Like, they had some legit... or. They had some legit companies developing games for film properties at that time. And it's actually a really good game. It's actually a lot of fun. I didn't realize till just starting the movie back over that uh, it was a Ron Howard film. Yeah, I totally didn't catch that. Directed by Ron Howard. And and, uh, George Lucas started putting, putting this movie together while they were filming Return of the Jedi. That's where he met Warwick Davis, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. and and Warwick Davis was just a was just a kid when he was like they were seventeen. Filming. Well, he he was seventeen in Willow. Uh, he was he was just a kid, like a a young kid when when he was playing Wicket. Wow, that's and, crazy. And the the part for Willow was 
what was specifically made around Warwick Davis. George wanted him to be Willow, but he still had to go through all of the auditions and things like that mm-hmm. to see whether he could fit the character. In the, in the source of all knowledge, I found an interesting article from Screen Rant called 20 Crazy Details Behind the Making of Willow, written oh, by Leon Miller and published in 2018. I would love to hear some of that. I would. <laughs> no studio wanted to finance the movie. Sounds about right. There were all kinds of other fantasy films around that time, like Labyrinth, Dragonslayer, Legend, and Kroll. And they'd all say Kroll. What wasn't Kroll around that time? Mm-hmm. And they'd all tanked the box office, and, nobody and they all did terrible. To, yeah, nobody wanted to finance it. <laughs> and then Willow did terrible. Lucas was able to secure a financing deal with MGM, who had given the thumbs up for Star Wars earlier. Val Kilmer was injured <laughs> during the filming. That big crow cage that he's stuck in as Mad Mardigan. Yeah, it fell on his foot <laughs> when, Ouch. Okay. Uh, in between takes the chain holding it broke and it crashed down on his foot oh geez val kilmer and joan wally got married after meeting on set joan wally was the actress who played was that the queen's daughter mm-hmm. so they met on set and the love potion worked oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> john cusack auditioned to play mad mardigan also huh that would have been interesting I, okay. I had seen that one when I dug around. I tried to think of him as Mad Mardigan. <laughs> I was watching. There no. was that scene where he held a boombox over his head. So maybe he <laughs> I just keep picturing him like cutting away from what's going on in the actual scene and talking to the camera like in high fidelity. <laughs> He's stuck in the crow's cage. <laughs> a top five worst crow cage experience. Yeah, this isn't as bad as that one girl I dated, he would have said. <laughs> Warwick Davies also shot his own behind-the-scenes diaries during the production of the movie, which, uh, you know, at that time in in the 80s was not a common thing. Now it seems to be a standard feature for, for, you know, behind-the-scenes and Blu-ray releases and DVDs and Mm -hmm. stuff. But but yeah, he he did it all himself. And he had it all boxed up in his attic for years. There's also apparently a story behind the villains' names. General Kale was named after a New Yorker critic, Pauline Kale who George Lucas did not care for. Nice. Respect. That giant creature, the two-headed dragon thing. Yeah. yeah. It was known as the Ebersisk after Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. And <laughs> nice. I wonder which one's head blew up, Siskel or Ebert. George Lucas now seems human to me. It makes you wonder uh, who, who he had grievances with, with all the Star Wars characters, that where those names came from. <laughs> Well, certainly better than anything Kathleen Kennedy or her story group has thought of with the High Republic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they have a rock. They have a rock that navigates a starship that is only known as the vessel. Starship doesn't even have a name. It's just the vessel. I hate that so much. You seem, you seem really comfortable with this decision. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it makes me think of Venture Brothers, the nozzle. which is way better than the vessel yes oh but um all of the magic spells just about all of them were hand animated oh wow i was wondering as i was watching this you know like a glowing the glowing magic wand and all these effects how much had to be hand painted Mm -hmm. A, a visual effects artist had to paint that into every single frame crazy 
Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that in that in that big fight scene at the end with the two old ladies just They're just blasting each other and <laughs> Yeah, that that adds even more to know that that was hand painted. Yeah. And and not only just making sure that it all looks consistent in a single scene, but consistent across the entire movie. That right there explains why they probably lost some money if it's that much work put into the effects. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that critics hated the trailer. Don't you hate most trailers from that era? <laughs> the, the film's trailer was ridiculed for being overblown and pompous. I wonder if these criticisms were from the same uh critics that he named the characters at <laughs> <laughs> least yeah. we know now ron ron howard did have some credits to trumpet yeah, yeah that's true not just directed by opie <laughs> <laughs> from the happy days that kid <laughs> happy days are no more there's dragons and such <laughs> yeah um <laughs> That would have made the troll dragon character, uh, the beast or whatever, more interesting if the fawns had popped up as the third head going, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't stab me. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Many of the set pieces were drastically simplified. The battle with the Ebersisk dragon was initially set in a maze-like cave. The characters were going into the cave and they had all these obstacles to overcome. They cut it down to... Oh, it's coming out of the moat now, and it's just going to stand there while we fight it. <laughs> Went for a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man effects there. Yeah, <laughs> Which I thought worked much better than that Mardigan's one man army popping out of various places. He went all, he went all John McClane there. That's something That's, I didn't oh, yeah. remember actually. Was that fight being so you know? Oh, it's it's Mad Mar- Mardigan basically versus everyone. <laughs> He's the man versus the world. <laughs> I did enjoy the scene where the the beast like appears out of the moat and Mad Mardigan ends up with the people he was fighting on the mm-hmm. other side of the gate. Yeah, I, I did. Think <laughs> that yes. We'll break down and talk about you know scenes and stuff. Lumberdor, you mentioned the 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 morphing techniques, the the digital morphing techniques when when yeah. Finn Rizel was going through all of her transformations and all the animals and stuff. Gross. Dennis Murin. Uh, was the head of the visual effects team. They first attempted stop motion and then uh, optical dissolves. He ended up pioneering the digital morphing techniques that have been improved upon and became commonplace now with CGI transformation effects. Like they're going from the ostrich to the peacock to the, what is it, little tur- tortoise? The turtle, and the turtle was the most disturbing turtle. one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... But yeah, it's it's a really cool effect, and it especially for awesome. time, yeah. It, apparently, it was just just backbreaking labor to try and get that to that stage. George Lucas had to wait until technology caught up to the movies VFX, which seemed to be why he was waiting around for the the Star Wars movies to make the prequels. And by story, you mean literally pages torn out of. My favorite fantasy text, the Bible. No, I kid. <laughs> <laughs> With the, um, you know, we got we to gotta kill the baby, right? And yeah. then also some Lord of the Rings sprinkled in there. <laughs> yeah. The hero's journey is not a, an original story or a plot device, but... Do you remember what they call Warwick Davis's people? Nelwins. 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 Okay. Yeah, I Nelwins. was thinking oh. the non-P word, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, my kid kept asking, like, why do they keep calling them a peck? I was like, they're just being they're mean. They're being mean. <laughs> Racial slur for a Nelwyn. You know someone who's a peck? I bet you do. <laughs> I, I kept calling them not hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> they're not hobbits. So a lot of the, the shooting took place in the UK and New Zealand. I was wondering where they shot this thing while I was watching it. I was getting Hobbit vibes. I didn't know if that was just because of the the comparison with the quest and everything going on, or if it was actually similar locations. I love the establishing shots that they have. It's like you, you get a sense of the epic world that these people are struggling in. Well, especially with some of the other movies in the 70s and 80s that tried to do not just hero quest stories, but knights and things like that. Like, depending on budget and how it was filmed, that can make a huge difference in and how it looks. And I didn't get that feel that this was halfway done <laughs> mm-hmm. with this movie. Or, yeah, or that things were an afterthought. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Where's that big desert rock they always use? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I thought that was kind of fun, learning you know, some stuff about what happened during during the production. Yeah, absolutely. But The Hero's Journey is you know a time-honored classic way to, to tell a story. And... I think that it is put to very good use in this movie. The movie sets actual realistic stakes and there is a very real danger present. People die in the process of achieving this goal. I think it's really well done. After watching it again, I think that it's held up very well over the years, mm-hmm. which we don't seem to get a whole lot of in modern movies. So, yeah, you know, one too, like the, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say one thing that I didn't pick up on as a kid that I pick up on now, you know, now that I'm a family man and all that is all the emphasis on his family at the beginning mm-hmm. and how that's such an anchor to like the danger that he's in. It's not even just that he's a little guy. It's that, you know, he's like, he's a husband and a father and he really loves and cares for his family and he's got a farm and provide for the village and all this. And like, those are the kind of stakes. Like I, totally didn't care about as a kid i just want to see the brownies and the general with the cool mask you know yeah. and i, li- I like that being the anchor point at the end too that when he came back like that's really the note that it yeah. wanted to hinge on and end on was him being back with his family so when you talk about stakes like that's what i was thinking of the whole time i did like that like you were talking about it, the emphasis was on his his family because it could despite all the night name calling that everybody in the movie had for uh, for him, the emphasis wasn't on his size, his height or anything, but the the height of the characters really added to the epicness of the story because you had the brownies, which were way smaller than um, Willow, and then you had just um, Mad Mardigan, you know, and then by that point, you're getting further in the story and you've got, you know, these weird troll things and the big beast, the dragon thing, and it just it really adds to this giant world because of um, of the size comparison of the characters. And uh, the, the high Nelwyn, when, when he sends them all off on this, who I, I think he's is a fantastic character also. He's, oh, he's oh, Gluthor he, from he, Masters of the Universe. From Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I, was I was like, holy crap, I forgot Gluthor was in this. That's some deep cuts. Masters of the Universe is some deep cuts for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like when he's, I think even better than he's like the bones say nothing. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was something that I, I didn't pick up on when I was sure, younger. Also, sure, but sure. 
but but when but when he when, when he's using his his divination with the bones and and they don't tell him anything it's dependent on willow's love for the baby yeah and then all of a sudden now i know what all this means or now they're communicating to me because because of this relationship that that you have you know this child of prophecy i guess his character reminded me a lot of the um the guy that ended up being the wizard in the in the wizard of oz but when he was just the traveling uh guy on the side of the road that dorothy runs into they, those characters remind me a lot of each other where they're really kind of manipulating the people around them but in a in a positive way <laughs> he definitely you know does that with the village prefect uh burger yeah. cut yes <laughs> all this expedition needs is a leader <laughs> 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 I, I like when you can have an authority figure like that that's not like just the burgle cut. To go through the plot. Progress or, to the movie. Yeah. And then then I guess as we go through the plot, we'll get to the characters and introduce them as they That'll work. Doug, why don't you get us started? Yeah, you know, so I mean of course you start off with an opening crawl because it's George Lucas. You know, the <laughs> text has got to crawl down and give you all the exposition with the funky names. Um, and then he gets into what we were talking about, you know, Willow and his family, and there's the prefect and the crazy old Gwildor guy. I'm still going to call him Gwildor. I don't care. And, <laughs> and, and they have to go off, right? Just like baby. I'm going to call them hobbits. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> it starts with returning the baby to the people. And so then the, that's the first story beat we have. And then we have the encounter, I guess, with Mad Mardigan is our next, our next big point to hit. Mm -hmm. Which I was As surprised, they... by the way, they just totally ditched I did not know that. <laughs> so so they get to they get to Mad Bardigan and they're like, We're good. All the people will they're like, We're done. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So I thought you were talking about ditching Mad Mardigan. I was like, well, uh, no, no, no. They don't just but... ditch Willow. They all just leave them. Yeah. yeah. For Samwise. I mean, me. Because the point of the journey yeah. was that they they leave the uh, baby with the first daikini, which is a word I love. Yeah, uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> the first daikini that they they come by, which yeah, I, I, he fits the bill. Yeah. Yep. Being the great leader that that guy was, he's like, well, we technically achieved our goal here. So Done it. Being the true politician, technically we've succeeded. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say I like the dogs, the the hell beast dogs. Um, yeah. I think that they those just were just like, dogs with costumes, right? Yeah, they just put latex yeah. appliances on these dogs, but it like works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it does. It really does. They're menacing. I used to be scared of those things when I was a kid. Something that I really enjoy from George Lucas's earlier earlier movies is that the world looks lived in, and mm -hmm. and, and populated. Like yeah, like they're the traveling the, the, the village. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and then like the the village where Willow comes from looks like a village. They got dances and trumpets, mm -hmm. and sacrifices yeah, and to pagan deities. It's yeah, their their own their own there cultural. <laughs> And it's significant that he's doing the magic and he wants to be the sorcerer, but he's just not there yet. Because he doesn't believe in himself. He doesn't. Yep. Well, As if you, you remember, yeah. The answer to the test was that the power to control the universe was within himself. Whose finger is it? Your finger. Should, should yeah. we discuss the psychology of each finger choice? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the if first guy picks finger. the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So evil. That was the wrong answer. <laughs> so Willow, Willow, even like like percentage wise, Willow does even worse because he's got fewer choices. 
set design, fantastic. All, the, all of the props were really well done. You know, they show up to the tavern. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead. Um, but yeah, they, they meet up with Mad Mardigan at the crossroads and he's trapped in, in a giant crow cage. That smashes his foot, apparently. We never learn why. Yeah, we, we don't know why he's there. I kind but, of allude to him like he's been hitting condemned. on the wrong woman or something like that. Yeah, I was wondering if it was that he hit it. He, he's uh, womanizing someone. Did something like, he wasn't mm. supposed to. Never woman. Oh, that was person. your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that will throw you in a crow cage. He's throwing slurs at Willow. Eric's throwing slurs at Willow. They look down on them, all that kind of stuff. It was also cool that they had actual people, mm-hmm. you know, making up the army that was marching past. Yeah, and they weren't through. CG, you know, they, it wasn't a CG army. Yeah. But no, you get the, the dust from the horses and it, it's all real. It's all there. And I love that. I'm a sucker for practical, not, practical not, not, armies. Yeah, for, for practical <laughs> armies. I say for practical effects, but that, that too. I love practical effects. Actual people. Yeah. Well, yeah. After watching an entire Hobbit trilogy with the CGI uh, armies, <laughs> uh, no. it's like, eh. and so Willow decides to trust Mad Mardigan so that he can get home to his family and live his life. <laughs> Worst yes. decision ever. Then decision those, ever. They're traveling home and those wacky brownies show up. 80s comedians <laughs> as tiny tribal. Yes. And the most epic scene you're going to get from the brownies in the entire movie on yes. that bird. Oh, wow. It was pretty cool. I'd completely forgot about that scene. Like, I remember the brownies, but I completely forgot about that scene. So, as. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I thought the bird was the talking. <laughs> I thought the bird was talking instead of the brownies. So it's like the bird's like, I took you, baby. Is one of the brownies <laughs> Deep Roy? One of them was the guy that's in like the usual suspects. Yes. That, a that's the one I recognize. Stuff. He's a character actor. I can't remember the actor's name. And he was a comedian, I think, of some sort. Yeah. Because he was the one that fell into the uh, the beer. Yeah, the, he's the one that fell in the beer the at the tavern. Yeah. With the rat helmet. Uh-huh. Climbing out, he's yeah. like, wait, this is beer, and he just sinks back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what is his name? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I I don't know the actual name. <laughs> which one? Both. Kevin Pollock. Okay. And and he, he played which Rule. character? Rule? But yeah, we get those yeah. wacky brownies. And Mad Mardigan has already failed to protect the baby. And then you get the fairy um, revelation. Like the, the fairy queen. Visitation, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We get our scene from Gulliver's Travels there. Yep, okay. Yeah, we're all tied up. And then the fairy queen shows up and tells the, the chief brownie to knock it off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's when Willow decides that he's going to go off on his own with the baby to try and get to Finn Rizel and Migosh goes home. Yeah, yeah. That's like really the, the proper beginning, I guess, of the adventure. It's like the baby's chosen you. The baby likes you. The baby has mm-hmm. to go here. It's like, okay, we know he just has to get there. Give the baby to the right people. We're good. But you know, he, it was that exact totally moment where end. I go, oh, I get it. Migosh is the Sam of this movie. And then he abandons him. So I'm like, oh, never, never mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he stays with him. He's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go back. Sure. And then you get the scene with <laughs> scene at the tavern uh, with, the with Mad Mardigan yeah. in drag. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Just being Mad Mardigan. Doing Mad Mardigan things. Mm-hmm. Jeez. But this so but this is, you know, we get like Sorsha, we start to get General Kale. So what do you guys think mm-hmm. of General Kale? He was my second favorite character. I, I love thought he was his so costume. cool. 
you know, the, the deep gravelly voice. And... He was a pro wrestler in the 70s. <laughs> was uh, he? Oh, was he? He was a pro Who wrestler in Europe. I guess he was in the kind of the Britain circuit over there, the UK circuit. He was a Are we talking about the skull guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I didn't think isn't he, was he the guy from isn't, isn't in, he the guy from Indiana Jones? He's in that Indiana got, Jones. Got chopped yes. up by the plane. Yes, he's in Indiana. Like he's the oh, one that backs the into the propeller. Guy? Yeah. Oh, the Nazi who gets <laughs> yeah he's the giant dude that yep. Oh, I think he was in like Conan. Gets chopped up with Arnold he's in Conan, as well. The Destroyer, I think he's in. The he's sequel. in Cole. Oh, that is rad. Yeah, but he was My a pro wrestler in the seventies. Has improved knowing that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which makes sense. He's giant. He's got the gravelly voice. Like that's all you needed in the seventies to be a pro wrestler. You know, is to be huge to be like, yeah, brother, I'll kill you. You know, but I was just like the skull. <laughs> it was the skull mask that I thought. It was oh, cool. the skull mask was fantastic. And his sword is such a cool shape. I love the sword. Yeah, with the little like serrated edge. Yeah, we'll get to it later. But the way he's killed ultimately is one of the things <laughs> I really, really remembered about this movie as a kid. Uh, it was that, way that, more graphic to scene. me when I was five than uh, t- today. But it always stuck with me that he got slashed in the face and is like, "I don't care. I'm yeah, still going to kill you." Let's go. Well, yeah, and so much so that his his mask or his helmet gets gets chopped up. He's like, "You uh, really messed up my but helmet." He's still he's still coming oh, after you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah kill yeah, so and and Sorsha. Sorsha, yes, that's it. He's the Jason Voorhees of this movie. He is. <laughs> <laughs> only, only he moves a little bit faster. A little, yes. little bit. Jason was He's faster than you, you remember in those early movies. He was. He would full on run. It was yeah. more when he became a zombie in part seven. I'm going to places you don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's the, talk the about studios, the evolution of Jason The studios Voorhees. can't even seem to make up their mind about where they are in their own story. But let's get back to Willow. So you get the wild chase scene. Mm-hmm. I guess is the next. And Mad Mardigan actually helps him, but they part ways. And you actually see him combat other people, even though this he, is the he, section he's of the... bragging about being such a great warrior. Even though he doesn't have a sword yet, he's still... And he defends this is the section he's of the movie humanity. where, where mm-hmm. I, I start to feel like Willow's kind of a jerk. I, I mean, Mad Mardigan is saving them. And he, no, you don't drive that fast with a baby. <laughs> and i think i think of a lot of it yeah that was kind of like ridiculous were, after all that had happened <laughs> like you were talking about warwick davis his uh, inexperience he's he he kind of just goes from you know uh, talking to screaming <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of a lot of levels depending on the situation that they're in that's that's kind of appropriate for what they have going on <laughs> you know after the chase scene they realize that they're going in the same direction much to Mad Mardigan's chagrin. Yes. And that was put on chagrin, right? And that's when we get to defend I, I, I think so, beat. too. So he the, had decided he was going to help them, but he didn't want them to know that he uh, wanted to. Oh, do it because you're going to sit with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. go find me some eggs. Mm-hmm. And he is not specific about what kind of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Just any eggs will do. They yeah. found them, and somehow they carried them, even though the eggs are probably <laughs> they bigger it. than they are. Gross. <laughs> so then, I guess we get the the Finn Rizal beat would be the next the next big beat when they get to the island mm-hmm. and all that. They get mm. to the island, or you know, they get to the lake, and then you know, Mad Mardigan goes on his way. 
Willow goes off to the island to find Finn Rizel, this exiled sorceress who's supposed to be, you know, amazingly powerful and then will solve when everything. she's not an animal. Ah, well, little do they realize <laughs> that <laughs> she has been transformed into a creature. So there's another yeah, we go from muskrat, to muskrat to crow. She becomes a crow. So this yes. is a proper RPG at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> now we're into George Lucas's love of D&D. <laughs> when Willow gets Finn Rizel back to the shore, Mad Mardigan comes along being held prisoner by the enemy forces, and then everybody goes on a nice long journey. Then we get the wacky snow times. See, that's I guess that's how this stays like a kid's movie, right? Like, I think it opens so dark. It's like, let's fight a baby and sacrifice it, you know? But then there's like a wacky fun festival with a disappearing pig for the kids, you know? And then there's like the brownies swooping in on a bird. And then there's like the wacky chase scene. And now we get the Mad Mardigan and Willow sledding down a hill scene. Flooding down the entire face of a mountain. Yeah. Which, that was impressive. Yeah, <laughs> which is is not where I would have straight out of Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's where Mad Mortigan really shows his skills when he's like flipping the sword around and just like taking dudes uh-huh. out left and right. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. And then yeah, and Willow, oh, you are great. You are good. <laughs> and, Mad Mar- and he's so happy, and then he slips on the ice. <laughs> he's flipping his sword around. So good. Well, oh my god. Something else to Mad Morgan's character is that when Willow was was working on transforming Finn Rizel from 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 the muskrat supposedly into her human form, and and she says that she's a young, beautiful woman. Concentrate, Willow. We, yeah, we gotta get this done. <laughs> gotta make sure this happens. <laughs> so good. It's just so uh, consistent with that, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> like you say, we like real horses on the ground. We like consistency in our pig-headed heroes. It's what we go for. Mm-hmm. for. <laughs> I, I think that plays to the humanity of the characters. You know, be they human or not, they're just people, and and they have. They have noble aspects and they have less desirable. Sometimes your hero weaknesses. is an unrepentant womanizer. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. He has to overcome those flaws. Through the power of fairy dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's the whole fairy dust thing we didn't touch on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes a brownie fall in love with a cat, which is a little weird. Is literally just a device to get the attractive male and female leads to hook up. And literally, <laughs> yeah. it's just used to have him be interested in Sorsha, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before they escape on the, the sledding adventure. And then Mad Mardigan becomes a giant snowball <laughs> rolling towards the village. <laughs> I did like when As he he's falls talking off. to her and the uh, fairy dust, dust is worn off and he's like, what did I say? And then he's like, then he's kind of impressed with what he said. And he's yeah. like, well, I, I did mean it, but what, I what did I say? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if it was good, I totally meant it. Oh my God. After the sledding, they get to the village and then the enemy soldiers are on the way and they meet up again with Eric and he lets them know that basically the entirety of their forces were slaughtered. And just like he had predicted they would be. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens from there? See, they, they take Sorsha um, captive briefly. And she escapes, but it's all on route to getting to Willow's destination. So, and yeah. then they show up at the destination, and that's when the place is cursed, and we get Which the next big Tyrosine. John McClane, Mad Mardigan set piece, complete yeah. troll poop and multi-headed monsters. So, there's a lot to unpack in all that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Tirzlin. Yeah, I think that's it. it. Right? Yeah, the mythical castle that everything's supposed to be fine if they can just get to this place, right? Mm -hmm. They show up, and it's cursed. And yeah. people are frozen, people are frozen and, yep. and everything is overgrown and falling apart. Open your eyes and trolls. <laughs> Man, seeing those trolls crawl across the bridge the first time, you know, coming into the... Mm -hmm. into like the, like the, upside down and... <laughs> upside down. I, I got this, this feeling of um, when you first see those bird creatures in the Power Rangers movie that Ivan Ooze creates. Just, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, I think it's the height of them. It is, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Tingu Warriors. Yeah, Tingu Warriors. Thank you. Mm. It's a weird mix of that and the little uh, primates <sighs> from uh, Land. I'm having Walt. so much trouble not throwing around a, a, a bit of Power Ranger trivia now. <laughs> oh, go ahead. What is it? Please, by all means. Did you guys know that in the Saban's original plan for the actual movie? was to use guys in stupid rat costumes. I rat did. costumes that would show up in the actual show and be about as good as you expect. <laughs> I did not know that. And Fox. Fox said no. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if somewhere there's the rat costume changed to birds. Cut. I want the rat costume cut. Have you seen the cut with the uh, helmets without the, uh, the visors? No. Oh, yes. They're like, we got these actors. We want to see them emote. So they took out the visors and the little face plates. That's and they're just wearing, they're just wearing it's like the rest of the helmet, helmet for some reason. It's like a Mega, yeah. Man, Mega Man helmet. Yeah, you can look those pictures up. It's terrible. Okay, well, <laughs> I know what I'm switching to Googling. You guys thought about trolls. <laughs> all right, there all right. Are, trolls. There, yes. there, are, there are very few instances, I think, where, where studios get it right in their executive decisions. Yeah. That... That may qualify for that. <laughs> we, we had another one of those those grotesque moments that I when he when Willow is you know kind of he's backed against the wall by the troll and he's trying to use the wand on him and he turns into a melty puddle of like pizza. Oh, yeah, and it just sort of like like, so, like these little tentacle things. It's so gross and awesome. For a way, yeah. My son said like there was a. It looked like he turned into a brain with like a, an alien coming out of it, yes. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, really. We like cool. to traumatize our kids in the eighties with scary <laughs> pizza. <laughs> he kicks it into the moat. <laughs> I did like that. He's like punt. Well, <laughs> I give up. Kick. <laughs> I thought he was just melting, and uh, it turns out he's he's uh, morphing into a uh, dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a very Star Wars esque dragon. Into a two headed. Yeah, it looks very Rancor. The jaws. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. Rancor monster. In in the beginning, you have Mad Mardigan after he found the armory, and and he sees the the suit of armor, and he's just oh <laughs> that's what I needed. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, I want to know I how like long he flips it... around the sword and it's just like nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how long it took him to get that armor on. Like he, he didn't have anybody helping him or anything, but he just shows up and it's all jumped into it. Exactly how it's supposed to. Yeah. Sets up the traps. This will inspire Kevin McAllister one day. <laughs> <laughs> but you got I was thinking, you know, you had like a John McClain versus Home Alone vibe. But in a Lord of the mm -hmm. Rings kind of world, there we go. Another, yeah, one man army, the one man kind army. of thing. 
Uh, what, what are all the things that he does? He has ballistas set up, and he he, uh, he can <laughs> he catapults random armor bits into yeah. a guy's <laughs> face, which Take apparently kills the guy. Well, once again, showing off his prowess as a as a warrior. Yeah, catapults himself onto the monster's head and all all the good stuff. <laughs> I did love how he just he smacked the wall though he didn't yeah. completely <laughs> miss the mark and just bounces and, off of and, and just a brilliant turn for strong female characters everywhere. Sorsha just abandons the battle to stare at Bedbar. <laughs> They're great warrior leaders. Uh, you know, there's not many female battle leaders that I can think of from any movie, and she just you know stops to stare at the guy. Yes, I guess I guess her turn is the biggest, quickest leap in the movie in terms of leap of logic or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's just suddenly like, nope, all this is evil. I'm going to go be with him. Just like. <laughs> OK, so there's the, the battle taking place. Eric and the brownies show up. The brownies save the day again. Yeah, because they bring Eric and his remaining forces, although. Um, we were talking about this earlier. There's that that portion where after the dragon comes up, and everyone, everyone turns and runs out the, out the gate. And Mad Mardigan thinks that, oh, yeah, that's because of me. And I'm so awesome. And then yeah. he turns around and he sees the thing and then he runs out. Giant Jed and Cisco and Niebert monster. About to mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all out there, you know, wondering what's going on and look at each other. And General Kale, kill him. <laughs> Run back into the castle. <laughs> and then they have to deal with the dragon. I enjoyed that moment. I thought it was... Thought it was fun and kind of gave you a, a break. You know, it sort of took a beat from the action that was going on up until then. Reset. If you're a troll that transforms into a dragon and then you proceed to eat two more trolls, is that cannibalism? I think Maybe because those other two trans- trolls were just jerks, and he was. Because it's transformed into something else. I, I guess not. Doesn't count anymore. No, not so. not not when your species changes. Mm. Like if if Fenris good to know. Ate <laughs> ain't another ain't a crow when she was a tiger it would not have been cannibalism speaking of eating crow no <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had something to transition <laughs> that was so good <laughs> so, so effectively though with eric and the brownies showing up at the battle dispersing we get to the last we're going to get the big showdown at the end mm-hmm and so what do you guys and, think of all the no- there's a lot of stuff and there's the Finn Rizal transforming and the pig stuff and what do you guys think? can I say mm-hmm. I love the moment where Willow is just defeated and and Mad Margan Mardigan you know takes him and he's like let's ride yeah 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 because they, let's they, ride. they get the baby uh, mm-hmm. the, the evil forces get the baby Willow is unable to defend them off to protect and, her, and yeah. protect her yep Eric dies. General Kale dies. Um, Sorsha has switched sides. And, and it's kind of nice that, like, at least combat-wise, Willow doesn't have this ridiculous moment where suddenly he's fighting off, you know, uh, ten men or something, something you know, silly true. like that. Mm-hmm. That's very true. the the one The one extraordinary feat he pulls off is is when he digs down and he gets Finrazel back to her form. Mm-hmm. That's that's like the one time that he exceeds, I guess, where where he started from. But you're right; it's not big, like he becomes totally ba with a sword and starts chopping people down. Or his something. big <laughs> epic fight scene with the queen 
resulted it wasn't any sorcery that worked for him it was his 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 lame magic trick his, his disappearing <laughs> pig trick is what saved the day yes <laughs> yes so good she she can you know <laughs> and and poof she you know the baby's gone it's, so what? in the end it, it, <laughs> it, his his own finger was the right choice yeah yes oh wow it's almost like there's a plot and it comes back to earlier themes in the story for a meaningful uh-huh. resolution there's a payoff kind of for a setup there's a payoff for a setup mm-hmm. even bad saying- when he's in the crow's cage he's like you know, I'll take care of the baby because, like, I need something to live for. I need a quiet. I need a family. I need blah blah. And you kind of have that resolve at the end. Of, like he and Sorcerer apparently didn't take care of the baby. There's even the a baby, setup yeah. way back then that pays off. Yes. Oh, and, crazy, right? And with the, the fairy queen, she was telling. I was like, are Are you suggesting George Lucas might be a competent writer? Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. What's, what's well, that um, with the fairy queen you're so, saying? So with the fairy queen, when she was she was discussing or you know telling Willow about Laura Dannon and, yeah, Laura and her Dannon. and her destiny as the future empress of Tyrion, and she needs to get to this place where a good king and queen will look after her. We're left to suppose that that is Mad Mardigan and Sorsha. It played out as it was told to them, but not in the way they expected. That's- For my cynical cool. take, the uh-huh. fairy lied to him to get him to run towards certain doom. <laughs> <laughs> well, fairies are notoriously untrustworthy. <laughs> That's true. Fairies just true. like, hey, it'll be cool to screw with this little guy. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't have any better options. <laughs> so I will say the pig transformation is, is one another one of those things that I guess haunted my nightmares as a child. <laughs> Well, the thing that bothered me with the whole pig transformation, it wasn't unsettling tra- about it. It okay, wasn't the, the one, transformation. The one... It wasn't the pig faces. It was how quickly they went to being transformed back and finding all of their armor and their clothing. Yeah. When, yeah, when yeah. everyone had been transformed into pigs, that would take hours to find. When clearly you see through, um, um, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to remember her name, but uh, that uh, people don't transform back with their clothes. But they show these pigs in so many different stages. And the one that really gets me is that one, that guy who's laying on his back and he's sort of half human with pig prosthetics and half actual pig end. And obviously there's a guy like laying under a set. Mm-hmm. And and the, the little brownies transform into piglets. And <laughs> <laughs> Which that was smart too. They could have easily made them all the same size pigs, but just to keep that size ratio so with the brownies and the and the uh, the human characters, um, that that was great. And how originally, you know, Sorsha was immune to this to the spell that was going out, and then but she was laughing at her. Oh for, yeah, yeah, for changing sides. Mm-hmm. How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> He's a good villain. I, I enjoyed her. Um, and the, the actress who played her, yeah, did really well. And she's not um, even in it like a lot, yet she's totally menacing. Anytime you see her, you hate her guts. She's no, scary. She has a very commanding presence. Totally. Even when she's talking with General Kale and, and she, she backhands him. He's like, okay. Oh, yeah. The design of her garb even is just fantastic. I want to say, didn't Mobius do concept art for this, Lumberdork? I want to say uh, that Mobius did some concept feel art like, for this movie. I don't know how much of it got used. I can't remember if it was Willow or another movie around this time period. He did do some concept art. I'm going to have to look it up now because I can't I remember. just like that in so many of these things, you, you have this big boss 
and you cannot understand why everyone bows down to this one person. And she proves. <laughs> yeah. She, yes. she proves why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does that to them like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then later in the, in the fight in the chamber, I mean, they can't stop her. They can't. Like she is every bit stronger than them. Even Willow, you know, with his with his magic acorns, she catches oh. it, and then you know her hand is turning to stone, and and and, and you're, you're left to wonder, okay, is, is this going to work? Is this a thing? Oh, you you, you probably do. You think like, oh, oh, he's got her now. Mm-hmm. But no, <laughs> because these acorns, they haven't really done anything yet. So uh, he's fumbled them every time. You know, he dropped mm-hmm. it and froze a part of the bridge. Mm-hmm. So obviously, form, this yeah. is why they're important, right? Yeah. yeah, like this is where the, the acorn comes into its own. He just but reverses no. it, and it's like you're pathetic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, to answer so your question, cool. yes, Mobius did do concept art for for Willow. Oh, good call, Doug. Yeah, I thought I, that's, that's that that article I sent you, you previously. Like, uh, yeah, when you look at that Nelwyn village, or you look at like Kale, or like Bavmorda's uh, outfit, or even the armor of like the Mad Mardigan and the soldiers and stuff. That's why it looks so freaking awesome. The <laughs> mm-hmm. unsung heroes of all of our favorite movies. Concept artists. Yes, yeah, the reason why Star Wars is awesome. And it, you know, mm-hmm. it's all about the concept artist. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention that. Good grief. Okay. Is Star Wars awesome though? <laughs> Darth Vader looks really cool. You shut your mouth, Beaches. You shut your blast in the Darth Vader. <laughs> X-Wings and TIE Fighters look cool. And Darth Vader, Darth Vader kind of looks like a Halloween costume. Um, just to me. I'm a... <laughs> it looks cool. That triangular <laughs> design of the... Come on. That plastic armor. Um, random buttons okay. on his chest. <laughs> they spent a lot of money on the people. Well, that's what engages his wings like Buzz Lightyear, you know? hey i'll give you lightsabers lightsabers are cool freaking lasers he looked more he was laser swords his design was much less clunky i feel like if you go back and look at the concept art it was a more he always looked like he was going to be a more dynamic fluid moving kind of character instead of like the clunky he is a little clunky are we still talking about Darth Vader? I was talking about Darth Vader. We, we are still okay. talking about Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry, I was clunky. I was looking up the Willow concept for, art by Mobius for something that that isn't. And I was clunky. like, I don't see anything clunky here. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have these these two old ladies who are just yeah, full on old, lo- you know, fight. throwing each other across the room, you know, slant, yeah. you know, spinning around in the <laughs> in the, in the midair. And I, love, I caught a moment where it's uh, Finn Rizal takes this fall, and it's obviously a stunt person with a latex mask on. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. <laughs> they, That's just they like when they're that, using the stunt baby. Yeah, the movie, and it's uh, obviously like a doll. They, they use that a few times. Um, <laughs> stunt baby. But I did love the fight scene. You know, they're doing all how they're crazy stuff, the lightning baby. effects, mm-hmm. and all that, and then it gets down to it, and then these old ladies are just punching each other. Yeah, and you know, I, like, I like, like, like clawing at each other. Yeah, and you can tell that that Finn Rizal is really enjoying it too. Oh yeah, she, she's having a fun time throwing. Well, this is what she's been around. waiting for on oh, that yeah. island all this time. That even the, all the time that she didn't realize how long it had been. Mm-hmm. That that that's kind of been her driving force is to get her repaid. Sorsha goes up as as kind of like a, a bodyguard, and and she's dealt with, and Finn Rizal, they have their 
the duel with Bavmorda and then she's dealt with and then it's just Willow and Bavmorda and and he <laughs> and he saves the day with his disappearing pig trick. Yeah, there's like lightning hitting her and transporting to another realm accidentally. Don't you that's a bad day at work. Yeah. That's a Monday. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, you had Mad Mardigan dispatching Kale with his own sword, which is a nice moment. Yes. Uh-huh. I yes. at least have to give a shout out to that. That that was an awesome fight. It's I, such a slick way to end it. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> just leans back, <laughs> props the sword up with his foot and pulls him down on it. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it's like he's more crafty. Kale's way insanely more powerful. Mm-hmm. But Mad Mardigan's a little, little craftier. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I like about Mad you Mardigan is this. that, as cunning and uh, kind of cocky as he is towards towards females, he's really not a show off uh, when it comes to battle. You know, he does what's needed. He does some cool effects here and there, but he's not like constantly disposing of people to show off as much as you'd kind of expect with a character like that. Then supposedly the curse is lifted from Pyrrha's lean, and it's this beautiful white castle that we see from, you know, from the gate. But everybody seems to be reanimated, I guess. And they have their celebration and send Willow back on his journey back to home. And everybody's happy to see him, except for maybe Burglecut. But <laughs> he doesn't like seeing anyone. I'm, I'm looking at some of this Mobius art now, Lumberjore. Migosh is like, I feel so bad about leaving him. Uh, I'm just going to help out with this farm here. <laughs> the majority of these Mobius designs were not used, it looks like. Womp, womp. Yeah. But they're awesome. You should go look at them. Uh, shout out to Mobius. Fantastic you get, you art. can see the influence still from what he did. Mm-hmm. But there's just some stuff in here. I, I can see what you're saying about budgetary things. Like There's some stuff in here they would not have been able to make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Super cool looking though. Okay. Lumberdor send you a link so you can see. Um, that. But, but with yeah, with, with every production, you have the vision and mm-hmm. then what is actually possible. <laughs> yeah. Either either from time constraints or budgetary constraints or you know, whatever you have going on. But he is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, he's one of my heroes. Oh, that's good stuff. Mobius. That is good stuff. He's incredible. Well, that's Willow. That is Willow. Everybody so next week. Next Everybody week we're doing should... the sequel, Leprechaun. The sequel. <laughs> well, I want to do Leprechaun Five in the Hood. Oh myself. my god! Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew I recognized I the Queen. Seen. Okay, the Queen in um, Willow is also Princess Mombi in Return to Oz. Oh, cool! No one so else the, recognized that. The... <laughs> cuts. Cuts. Okay, I knew she looked familiar. Oh, that I noticed one of, I one like of the villagers of that movie. Now, now, now that you said something. At the beginning is the guy She's in She's the Santa. Princess Mombi in Return to Oz was the one that had all the heads that she had taken from the, the ladies in the uh, the palace. So she had this yeah. cabinet full of heads. That's the it's same. Just head collection. No big deal. That she would, yeah. That's another movie we can review at some point because I love Return to Us. But. Yeah, that's that's a freaky movie too. And it's another so, one around the same time period, British filmed and uh, really dark for a kid's movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very dark story. Oh, I think that modern storytellers could learn a thing or two from Willow. 
Don't kick a peck just when he's make down. Make some good stories. Why is it so difficult to tell good stories or to have less sky beams, um, more yes. good stories? Yes. I mean, and you can see its influences, like we said, like that's obvious, but it's nice mm-hmm. to have what's essentially an original story. <laughs> Seems dumb to say that, but instead of relentlessly returning to the well, like it's just this nice little original fun little movie like it doesn't have to be some big franchise that goes on forever or anything well, especially like that. when it's, it's just, just based nice off your kind of classic watch. uh hero tale mm-hmm. yeah you know your classic fantasy tropes and it's just an enjoyable little movie now disney's of course shooting me in the foot a bit here because they're about to make a sprawling series out of it but yeah you know what what? yeah are you serious what mm-hmm. yeah they're making this that's part of why i wanted to talk about this uh, making a series it's, is it about the baby being grown up or what's oh uh, we don't know the plot here we don't know yet but we just talked but, about how important the plot is what is the plot disney we don't know but i i have my reservations about it as, as much as i love the the movie willow um kathleen kennedy is one of the is one of the producers for this and oh and she's one of your favorites so i bet yeah and she is known for making quality stories I said sarcastically, as if anybody. So I'd, I'd imagine they'd get <laughs> they'd get um, Warwick Davis and Val Kilmer back for this series, if possible. Well, Warwick Davis is coming back as Willow. He will obviously be the uh, the town's elder yes. now. It, sorcerer he, now, right? Now, now the High Nelwyn, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it's gotta be right. Um, Ron Howard is also involved in it. The name only he said, he said that it was oh what did he say it was something to the effect of that it is a progressive lean forward for the story like like they're not going to do a whole <laughs> lot of nostalgia stuff yeah. but anytime anybody says a progressive lean forward or any sort of something like that gives me means problems. you won't have an unrepentant womanizer as the hero <laughs> nope more yeah, I think Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is fighting. Isn't he fighting cancer right now? I think. Or I recently. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, I don't know if he's working right now. I think he had throat cancer or something like that. Hmm. So it might depend on his health if he's evolved. I don't know. But I think, is that 2022? I think it's a ways off. Yeah, it's it's 2022. It's set to, to be released. It but can't be they, any worse than Amazon's uh, we don't have the rights to the second age, but we're going to make some sort of Lord of the Rings crap. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. There are definitely doings of transpiring with, <laughs> with with all these these production companies and streaming services wanting to... I mean, I was excited content. about this and then that came out. They, they don't have the rights to make really anything from the second age. So what are they doing? <laughs> well, we will find out. Uh, I would definitely recommend people watching Willow, especially before the, the series rolls out from Disney+. Plus. There is nothing not to like in this movie. I think you're right. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> There are there are some scenes that are stronger than others, but mm-hmm. I, but the like the whole thing is really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, just watch it. Watch it in the mindset of like a kid's movie and just have fun with it. On that on that positive note, we will leave the Nexus. <laughs>
Power is in you. Good yours. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cake. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. Thank you. Thank you.